This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Whole Hog Football Podcast, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and more. Here's your host, Matt Jones, with Scotty Bordelon of the Hog Sports Network and wholehogsports.com. We're going to try to be a little bit more positive on our podcast this time. I got a comment from someone I know uh, <laughs> after our podcast the other day said that it was like staring into the abyss for 50 minutes <laughs> after we kind of uh, gave our thoughts on what happened uh, from the Arkansas-Auburn game. You know, I guess the, the positive is that Arkansas is probably going to win this weekend. They get FIU in Fayetteville. Or you 31 still said point. probably, though. Well, I don't think you can say anything's a given, right? Exactly. But they're a 31-point favorite to beat FIU this weekend. Um, and I guess, you know, if you're part of the SICKO committee, uh, if they lose, you're probably going to get what you want, uh, which is a, a new coach next year. you got to win this game for, for certain. You lose it, and it's a, a Citadel, Western Kentucky-type moment for the Razorbacks. But, you know, they're, they're going to play FIU. Um, it, it's a game that just does not move the needle, does it? It's, it's, um, I can't get up for this game. And it's not like there's any other games in the SEC to really get up for this weekend. This is the week that everybody's playing their cupcake to get ready for the rivalry game Thanksgiving weekend. I just Scotty and I, we, we put together these keys every week for our uh, game day tab that runs in our Saturday newspaper. We and it was really hard to come up with something for this game because, honestly, the number one key for Arkansas FIU is show up. Show up and play like you know how, and that ought to be enough to beat a team like this. I think the personally the toughest thing about Saturday's game is that it starts at six thirty. Yeah. And you kinda have to wait around all day for it. There's gonna be some really good games on and all those games are gonna be over and then you're kinda looking at the, the nightcap or the late games and one of them's Arkansas FIU. My wife was actually asking earlier this week, kind of, what do you think about the what do you think about the game on Saturday? And I'm like, Well, I saw point spreads earlier this week, and Arkansas is favored by 31. Mm. And that kind of tells you all you need to know about the team Arkansas is playing. And you put those two things together. It's just – it's like on paper, it's just not pretty. And I don't think what we're going to see on the field is going to be very pretty either. Um, could be the prettiest game that Arkansas plays this year, probably. Um, but still, there's there are guys – for FIU that could give Arkansas some issues on either side of the ball. I wrote about those in the keys. Who knows if it'll materialize, but they've got a receiver that's really good. They've got a, a linebacker with almost 15 TFLs. Um, it's a team that's coming off of like a, an awful loss to Middle Tennessee last week. 40-6. Mm-hmm. to six. So it is not a good team, and it's, it's a team that Arkansas should handle easily. But nothing has been easy Listen, to this point. The last time that I said Arkansas is playing the worst team in the nation, I mean, I w- I'm still convinced Kent State is not good at all. I think mm. they they have one win right now. <clears throat> then Arkansas absolutely flopped. I think you got to use the board. Probably you can't take anything for granted with this Arkansas team right now. I know we said we're going to be nicer um, on this podcast, but all I know is this year, the moment you think that you have maybe something figured out about this team you might need to just reassess because it seems like it changes. Um, yeah, this this FIU team, not very good. Um, not very good within Conference USA either. Um, like, I was looking at most, like, offensive and defensive categories, and it's kind of weird. They, in a weird way, kind of mirror Arkansas. Like, offense, 
the, the Arkansas's defense is better relative to the SEC than FIU's defense is relative to Conference USA, but a lot of things really mirror each other except FIU's doing it against, you know, these Conference USA teams. So, yeah, uh, definitely a sicko game this week. If you watch all um, – if you watch the whole game, then kudos to you because that's probably going to be doing – I think I'll probably take my my eyes off of it for a couple plays here and there. <laughs> if you look at CFB stats, you go to FIU's um, team page, they have not played in front of a crowd larger than 20,405. Arkansas will get that, I think, surely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any doubt there's going to be – you know, I, I made a kind of tongue-in-cheek comment the other day that I don't think there will be 23,000 people there. I, I think there will certainly be more than that, but, you know, it's – 40,000? I mean, max, wouldn't you think? This is the game that you'd love to have in War Memorial. (laughs) Yeah, this would be a great game to have in Little Rock for sure. It's, I, I haven't talked to many people who I know. I mean, I'm a recent grad at the university, so I saw quite a few friends who are in the area, and I haven't talked to many of my friends that usually go to games who are going to this Mm -hmm. week. I know that's just a a subset of a general population that goes to these games, but it seems like this is one that a lot of people are kind of steering clear of. I think we mentioned this the other day. I know you got classes on Monday and Tuesday at the U of A, but we all know that most people check out for Thanksgiving on Friday, oh, 100%. if not before. I think we were all probably those students at one I actually point. had a test on a Tuesday one time. Uh, before. <laughs> hey, a little, little fun aside, I got accused for cheating and like through my anger, I think I told this woman who was administering the math test, I said, don't you think if I was cheating, I would have made better than a 51? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my that's my memory uh, before Thanksgiving. Let's talk a little bit about FIU and, and those players that Scotty mentioned. Ethan, I think you've watched more of them than anybody else sitting that here at the table. That is a sicko, sicko yeah. committee chairman over here. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, I have. They do, uh, Scotty mentioned their stud receiver, Chris Mitchell. He's really good. He's uh, number one in Conference USA in receiving yards. Um, he's got... Uh, 845 on the year on 50 catches. He's easily their top target. Like, I think that the number two and three receivers combined, their receptions are fewer than his. So he's a guy who you just got to probably try and take out of the equation as much as you can. Um, and then the linebacker that Scotty mentioned, uh, Donovan Manuel, he's like, he's um, 13th in the nation in total tackles. He's almost averaging double figure tackles per game, 9.9. Um, and he is he's kind of just a one-man wrecking crew for them. Uh, he's also third in the nation in forced fumbles. Uh, he's averaging like a half forced fumble a game, um, mm-hmm. almost that. So he's a guy who's been really good for them. It's They got some good pieces on the team, but collectively they just, I mean, they're struggling. Um, this is kind of my, the one of the, just those stats that jumps out to you. I was looking at FIU in games they have lost this year. They're getting outscored in the fourth quarter, 52 to zero. They have not scored a point in the fourth quarter in a game they've lost. If you throw their wins in there as well, they're getting outscored 72 to 11. So even in those games that they are winning, it's like the fourth quarter has been really bad to them. I mean, if you're Arkansas, I think you really don't want this to have to come to the fourth quarter, but I'm not putting anything past it. All I know is, Florida International has not been good closing games. They aren't very good on defense either. They've surrendered 29.7 points per game. Um, if you're giving up around 30 points a game just on average for the year, that tells a lot. I think this is a game maybe Arkansas's offense. I've said this so many times. This is maybe a game Arkansas's offense can have some success. 
um, against a team that's struggling to defend. Um, and then kind of one last note on FIU. It just seems like it's a theme for Arkansas this year. They keep on playing good teams with good kickers. Um, their kicker, Chase Gabriel, he hasn't kicked many field goals this year, uh, but he's 9 of 11, and he has a make from 50 yards. So, I mean, it, I feel like every week I'm talking about Arkansas is playing a good kicker, but they've gone through a stretch of a lot of good kickers they've gone up against. Arkansas had a pretty good kicker, too. We talked about that the other day. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a little segue. Special teams, I feel like, is always something to watch in these games. Uh, not necessarily from the, the kicking standpoint, but I've always felt like one of the reasons that so like teams like Alabama, Georgia, they do so well on special teams, they've got athletes stockpiled on special teams. I mean, the, the guys that are going to be starring for them next year and two years, as long as they can keep them out of the transfer portal, uh, they're playing for them on special teams right now. And you look at Arkansas, even Western Carolina, they had a couple of big kickoff returns with Satania. Uh, BYU, Satania's got the big 88-yard punt return for a touchdown. I don't know, I just feel like special teams is something to watch in this game because of uh, maybe the discrepancy in the athletes. Yeah, we mentioned it uh, before that first game of the year. I just think that whenever you're a team like FIU that's trying to come in and get an upset um, because you're playing a, I mean, an SEC team, a big play on special teams can take so much wind out of your sails because you already know it's an uphill battle that you. it's almost like you have to be on your A game and hope that Arkansas is not at all on theirs. Um, so if Arkansas can manufacture, even I'm not even saying man, manufacture like a touchdown on special teams, like a, but like just even set yourself up in good territory because this Arkansas offense, um, they haven't been super opportunistic uh, like with getting good field position and scoring, but maybe this is a game that if Satania can get them in, um, you know, maybe around midfield, the offense has a shorter field to work with. You have a good kicker. It's just like it's super defeating, I think, if, you, if you're if you an FIU and you don't have a great defense and they're already pinned up, uh, they're behind the wall just having to try and make up for a really bad play on special teams. We talked to, in our in our keys this week about sense of urgency, Scotty. That's something that, that Sam Pittman mentioned earlier in the week that, there have been a lot of games where it just seems like they don't have a lot of sense of urgency when the game begins. Man, that's you're not lying. And I mean, it was last week too. They get down to Auburn in a flash, and it just seems like that offense was still moving in slow motion. You know what I mean? It's like third and long, and you're trying to set up a screen pass, and just like it seemed like nothing went right. You've got to be sharp, and I think Arkansas's athleticism advantage in this game is going to, you know, probably make it look like there's more urgency just because they're <laughs> they're faster than FIU, more physical and, and all those things at, at nearly every position. I found, um, you know, I kind of w- I went through, I said, Ar- I said Arkansas has got to carry their urgency through the end of the week because they're in no position not to. Mm-hmm. And Sam said last week, and I kind of wrote this sense of urgency note because Sam said last week that Arkansas had a really good week of practice. And I think when Hunter Yurichek and Bob Holt were talking after our sports club last week, Bob got from Hunter. He was like, "Yeah, I think you know, I think there's they're well, I think they're prepared. They're mm-hmm. they're ready. Um, will it translate to the field? We don't know." It, it, Sam seemed like he was confident during the week, and then it just didn't translate to the field. It needs to translate this week. And then I kind of went through and was like, "Here's what that urgency could look like in all three phases," and. 
on offense, Arkansas at home has just been bad. And I went back, and Arkansas is averaging 313.2 yards per game at home this season. That's the lowest figure in a home game since in home games since 2001. So this offense, offense, this offense is not. <laughs> this is like the second worst home offense yeah. this century, yeah. and. I mean, I think they're going to go put up some points. I mean, if you're giving up, you're giving up a ton of points. Like, you give up 40 to Middle Tennessee, 41 to Jacksonville State, 27 to Sam Houston. You know, like, Arkansas is going to put up points on these dudes. And the more I think about it, I think Arkansas is probably going to cover that spread just because the talent discrepancy and the depth is so so great. But you want to see, like, can Arkansas's defense – or can Arkansas's offense put a complete game together – Saw it against Florida where they finally went for 200 and 200 on the ground and, and through the air. They've got to do that, but I think it's it's got to start from from the it's got to start from the get go, and they can't just kind of fool around with them. My biggest question for this is what's the motivation? What's the motivation for the players? Because there's no postseason, and so I mean you know how this goes. There's probably some of these players who are getting spoken to by teams or third parties about hey you know come play for us portal opens December, whatever, uh, you know, there's probably some players who are looking at their draft potential, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who are thinking about, Hey, you know, let's, let's go ahead and get draft workouts set up. Uh, you know, so where, where's the, where, where's the mind and where's the motivation going into this? Cause you're not playing for the postseason. You're playing for pride. You're playing for, uh, maybe a coaching staff that's, not got real good job stability right now. I don't. I don't know where the motivation is, and that's that's what makes me a little bit leery of the thirty-one point spread. Understand that, and the fact they haven't beaten a team by thirty-one this year. Yeah. Uh, they beat Western Carolina, but at the FBS level, uh, you know, Ethan and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Kent State is number one thirty-three in the S and P rankings on ESPN.com out of one hundred and thirty-three teams in the FBS. FIU's 129th. Yeah. And Arkansas, when there was a whole lot more to play for, and they're feeling a lot better about themselves, and they probably had a few more pieces in terms of injury, they only beat Kent State by 22 on the same field. So it makes me wonder about that point spread a little bit. Yeah, I totally I totally <laughs> understand that. I wouldn't touch that line with somebody else's money. But um, I, think, I think football players like to go play football. And so I think that's kind of what they're going for. Defensively, I think all the guys love Travis Williams. I think all the guys on defense love their coaching staff, the staff that has kind of resurrected the defense from whatever the heck it was last year or, you know, in previous seasons. But will Sam Pittman say they finished last year? They finished last year, and especially <laughs> in, in past defense. But I think I, I think sometimes we can just undersell um, that guys just like to go – they just like to go play ball. And I think I think you see that – this might be a bad example, but you see like some of these SWAC schools mm-hmm. in ba- on the basketball side, pretty good chance that they're not going to be very good, but they still get a chance to go hoop and they still get a chance to go play. And somebody could look at – somebody has a big day on Saturday. Granted, it'll be against FIU. They have a big day. That could get somebody's attention, you know, potentially yeah. down the line. And I think it's it's an opportunity for individuals to shine and if individuals shine enough of them, you know, you'll get your 
was it fourth win of the year? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm thinking. I mean, it's a day that, especially on the defensive side, I mean, the offense should, right now, it's like the motivation should be pride probably after how poorly they played the last time they were out there. But the defense, they, I mean, there's just so many players who could have a feast day out there. I mean, FIU, um, they have been sacked a combined 42 times, which is most in conference. You're saying fourth most in the nation. So I'm looking at like your Landon Jackson yeah, Trajan Jeffco. That was one, that was one of my keys was Arkansas's pass rush because FIU's mm-hmm. only the one one of five D one teams that's given up more sacks yeah. than Arkansas. This Their year. offensive line is not. I mean, if we we've talked a lot about Arkansas's offensive line struggles this year. FIU is doing equally as bad, if not worse, and they're doing it against Conference USA teams. Um, and this is kind of a crazy stat to me. Uh, their quarterback um, Jenkins. He has, if you look on their team, their rushing totals, he's third on the team with 49 rushing yards. But if you just took his gains, he has 287 yards like running, but you have to negate 238 yards from that. Yikes. Um, or I might have my I, I might have my math wrong there, but two hundred. But the plus point yards being, there's a lot. Point being, there's a lot of there's a lot of yards, yards there. Adjusted. Yeah, that yeah. it makes it look like he has no ability to run the ball, but he actually kind of does. It's just he gets sacked so much that his sack yardage and his run yardage is about equal right now. It's I think that players like uh like Landon Jackson and Jeff Coe and some of those others like that could be a big motivator. Just that I'm I know it's. FIU you're playing, but I mean to just have a big game. Landon Jackson's on some draft boards for sure right now. He's got the potential to be all SEC. Yeah, so and I don't like, know if he, I don't know if he can beat out some of these other defensive ends, but I think that potential is there. I think when you would he get three and a half sacks in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, that's going to get on some people's radar, and I mean you can kind of pad your stats a little bit in a game like this. So, and I think a guy like Dwight McLeather, and like I mean you hear that they have a great receiver coming in there. I think a player like him takes that as a challenge of like I want to shut this dude down. I think on the defensive side you don't have to be as worried as maybe on the offensive of like motivation, but um, I would I'm still a little bit leery especially after what we saw with Peyton Thorne last week. Like if you've got a quarterback that can be pretty deceptive in the mm-hmm. RPO game, like mm-hmm. you can give Arkansas some trouble and Arkansas has not been tackling well no. since uh, since the bye week. So that I don't, I'm not going to say it's a huge concern of mine because I think Arkansas is superior in, in, in essentially every aspect of this game. But there are some things that if you don't do well, I mean, it could it could it could be a competitive game for at least a little while. You still got to show up. I yeah, mean, that, that's that's the number one thing. You got to show up, and and we talked about this the other day. You got to find your own energy when there's not going to be a lot of people. Uh, in the stadium, and and those th- those factors, I think, make it just enough that you tune in just to see, hey, what what happens. The whole Hog football podcast is sponsored by Kendall King Design Display Signage, KendallKing.com. That's K E N D A L K I N G dot com. The Kendall King Group family of companies plays to win, just like our hogs. We know how demanding retail marketing is today, from digital omnichannel creative services through in-store signing and displays, and finally, to social influence. We've got you covered. Our KKG Inc. family of companies, Kindle King, Shopcart Creative, and Soapbox Influence are winning with multiple retailers and brands. We play to win, and we'll be a winning partner for all your retail marketing service needs. Go Hogs! Well, if you're a fan of SEC football, this is not a good week for you. It's, it is I mean, it's it's the worst week of the year when it comes to uh, games in terms of SEC versus SEC. They're bad games. You got one good game this week. You got Georgia at Tennessee. We'll talk about it here in just a minute. That's that's going to be 
uh, kind of the marquee game of the week. But, I mean, just look at some of these matchups. you got Chattanooga at Alabama. Louisiana Monroe is at Ole Miss. We know that Arkansas is playing uh, FIU on Saturday night. Georgia State goes to LSU on Saturday night. New Mexico State is at Auburn. Abilene Christian is at Texas A&M. And I'll say this, I think this may be the one SEC versus non-conference team where I'd put them a little bit on upset. Southern Miss goes to Mississippi State. Mississippi State just fired their head coach. We know how bad they've looked uh, all season, really. Southern Miss, they've only got three wins, but they've got some interesting results on their schedule. Uh, they played James Madison, tough. James Madison, obviously, you know, kind of a little bit of a Cinderella-type team this year. And Southern Miss has won two in a row. They got some confidence. Mississippi State, they just fired their coach. That may be a little bit of a, an upset special this week. But I think if you're the SEC commissioner and you want to score quick, easy points with your fan bases, you go in and say, hey, look, teams, we're going to quit scheduling these horrible games the final week before Thanksgiving when the, the ratings should be, the, you know, the, the matchup should be at an all-time high this time of year. I mean, this is when you ought to be having big-time matchups. And, and what's happened, this really started with Urban Meyer at Florida. I think somewhere around 08, 09, he started scheduling a cupcake the week before they played Florida State because he wanted his team to be rested. He wanted them to uh, you know, be fresh for that Florida State game. And then everybody else noticed what they were doing. I think you know Florida had good success against the Seminoles during Meyer's years. And so then all of a sudden Alabama says, well, I want to have a week before I play Auburn. And Auburn, I want to have a week before I play the Iron Bowl. And now everybody's doing it. And for the longest time, Arkansas wasn't doing it. And now they are. You got them playing FIU this year. They're going to play Louisiana Tech on this week next year, the week before Thanksgiving. I just hate this. And I, I, would, I would think that the commissioner, uh, in coordination with the television partners, would say, guys, we've got to stop doing this. You want to play these crappy teams, play them early in the year. We need to have games that have some meat on them this time of the year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a um, almost a better time to just watch college basketball on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, there may be a Until, better group of college basketball games. For sure. I mean, the only game that is even halfway interesting is obviously mm-hmm. Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Missouri. I don't know. Maybe you tune into that just to see if – Billy Napier can like try to find a way to, you know, <laughs> get some goodwill with Florida's fans, yeah. and then that Kentucky South Carolina game to end the at six thirty that night is just gross. <laughs> but um, I will say maybe the highlight out of the weekend outside of Georgia Tennessee is going to be LSU's. They're they're bringing their purple ter- jerseys out for this weekend. Are they really? So See, I that always is, thought that they'd save their purple jerseys whenever they played in-state teams, but maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Play an in-state team this year? No, they're home? playing. Yeah, it's just Georgia State on Saturday night. But those LSU purple tops, probably my favorite in all of college football. And I, I come from a high school where our, our colors were purple, white, and gold. So I'm a little partial. But that is just that's a pretty sweet. Same look. here. I was also purple, white, and gold school. We know. We know. We know. We understand. There's something special about a, a purple top. And then Jaden, you put Jaden Daniels in a pur- in a sweet purple top. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his numbers go up by 100 yards on on the ground and throwing the ball. You know, the SEC loses out this week. Uh, by the way, my high school is orange and black, um, but I I call Fayetteville's games, so they're purple and white. So I, I guess I can kind of have a little bit of a, a tie to purple. Um, 
the SEC just loses out. You look at the best games of the week, they're elsewhere. You got Big 12, K-State and Kansas are both in the top 25. I think probably the big game of the weekend is Washington and Oregon State. Um, yeah, I'm just scrolling through here that's looking at other ones. That's going to be a phenomenal game. Yeah, that's a really good game. I mean, Washington's, uh, Washington's Utah undefeated. Utah and Arizona, another one in the Pac-12. Washington's undefeated, going on the road. Michael Penix has a Heisman case. I mean, if you go in there and you you ball, I mean, there's, I mean, you could put yourself probably. I don't know if you're on equal footing with with what Jaden Daniels is doing, but that's that's going to be a, a heck of, a hell of a win if if he can get one and he plays well. You know what the best drama of the weekend is going to be is is if you can get cameras in the courtroom for Jim Harbaugh's uh, suspension hearing. No doubt, put throw it on pro, throw that thing on court TV. <laughs> Is that still a the court TV still a thing? I think it is. Why not do Why not do that? That's I mean, that's, a that's, ratings that's bonanza. The big, yeah, that's that's the big drama uh, this week. All right, Blake, hit the music. We'll go through the SEC now. The the games of interest this weekend. We mentioned a lot of them. We're not going to pick most of them, but we we will talk about the all SEC games plus Arkansas's game here in just a minute. Uh, we'll start with the six thirty game. It's an ESPN game Saturday night. Florida goes to Missouri. Missouri is ranked number nine this week in the college football playoff poll. And we've been talking all year. They look like they're on track for, for 10 wins. And uh, they get the Gators and they get the Razorbacks in the year. That's a that's a really good Missouri team. I know we, we talk about it, it feels like more and more every week because they keep impressing. It seems like more and more every week. I mean, I don't, I don't think that game's going to be close. Like if Arkansas's offense put up numbers against Florida's defense, Missouri's offense is going to mm-hmm. do that same thing. I don't think that one's going to be even close. Yeah, I think Florida gets torched by them, to be honest, just the way that Florida's trending right now. And that three-headed monster at Missouri of Brady Cook, Luther Burden, and Cody Schrader, their running back, leads the SEC in rushing yardage right now. I mean, they have a really good offense. Their defense is probably pretty underrated, too. Um, I'm right there with you. I think this is actually a pretty good Missouri team. You know, early in the year, we were kind of holding our breath with that start and the schedule they had, but they've... What they did last week to Tennessee has me completely sold on them now. And even just what they did to go in and have a really good showing against Georgia, even though they got beat, I think that Missouri team is pretty solid. They're, I mean, only, they're only favored by 11.5. That seems really low to me. They're good at home. They're really good at home. You saw what they did to Tennessee last week. Schrader is a really cool story, by the way. He's one of the three finalists for the Burlesworth Trophy this year. Uh, if you haven't looked at his story, go look it up. I mean, D2 running back who was at Truman State right outside mm-hmm. of St. Louis, goes to Missouri, and now within two years he's the best running back in the SEC. Last week I think he was the 10th player in FBS history who had 200 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards in the same game. Yeah, Really, really crazy. And he's he's also defined – like he's mm-hmm. five foot nine too. It's just mm-hmm. like a really good story of a guy who – That's probably why he was in D2 in, in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I mean obviously really talented though. <laughs> Just two teams going in different directions. And boy, if you're Florida, they were five and two, and now you have to get to a bowl game by beating one of the two top ten teams in the country, Missouri or Florida State. Uh, tough deal for them. I think Missouri wins that game. I think momentum is, is such a big deal in football, and I think Missouri's got it, and Florida does not. Same time, Saturday night, 6.30 kickoff. Kentucky goes to South Carolina. This one will be on the SEC Network. Scotty? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> um I haven't looked into that game at all. Kentucky's a, actually a road favorite. How about that? Like, I, with all of the – I feel like South Carolina had so much momentum coming into this season. I I mean, I never would think just a ton about South Carolina football, but if you would have told me that South Carolina was going to be 
a home underdog to a team like Kentucky in November, the way that South Carolina came into the season, I, do, I would say that there's no say there's no way. Um, I'll go with I'll go with South Carolina. I can't really tell you why, um, but I'm not a believer really in, in Kentucky either. So I'll just I'll go with whoever's at home. So South Carolina is my pick, I guess. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I mean number one, like we said, this is just a gross game, but uh, I like South Carolina's offense more than uh, Kentucky's. I think that they'll win this game and then go into that Clemson game trying to get bowl eligible. Kentucky's defense is not good this year. That's really been their bugaboo, and that's, you know, under Stoops, I mean, obviously he's got the defensive background. Line play and defense, that has been really what they've hung their hats on, and defense is not good this year. And the other thing is in this game, a lot of times when I think it's a toss-up, I look at the quarterbacks. I think Rattler is the better of the two quarterbacks in this matchup, South Carolina being at home. Our index ratings this week say South Carolina by two, so I'm going to trust those. I'm going to say South Carolina beats Kentucky. Saturday afternoon, 2.30 on CBS. Uh, Enjoy your SEC on CBS while you still can. You only got a few of these left. Uh, Georgia, number one, they go to Tennessee. And I kind of feel like the, the interest in this game has fizzled because of the way things have gone for Tennessee the last few weeks. Yeah, for sure, especially the way they completely laid an egg at Missouri last week. I mean, I'm, I'm taking Georgia. Georgia's, like, if somebody gives Georgia a game, it seems like it's for a quarter or a mm-hmm. quarter and a half or a half. It doesn't seem like it typically stretches much beyond that. And I don't – I mean, Neyland's going to – Neyland will probably be pretty rowdy for Georgia. I mean, anytime you're a top 20 team yourself, even though you might not be playing great, um, anytime I think you've got a number one team coming in, it's going to be rowdy initially. If they can maybe throw a punch early, they could hang around. But no, Georgia, I got Georgia in that one. I'd be, like I say every week, it'd be a fool to pick against Georgia. Yeah, we've talked about this. I think Carson Beck is really not getting talked about as much as he should. He's a good quarterback. Um, I like just the direction Georgia's going right now. They seem that they've kicked it back into that kind of gear that we expected all of the season. I know they struggled with South Carolina and Auburn, which was surprising, but it seems like they've sorted some things out. Um, I like them to win big. This has got one of those fields where there's going to be 107,000 people at Neyland, and by like midway through the third quarter, it's going to be 41 to 13, and half the stadium is gone. Doesn't it, I mean, doesn't it have that feel going into it? I just think Georgia, they're rolling. They got Brock Bowers back last week. I mean, holy cow. They were already doing well offensively, and now you get maybe the best offensive player in the country. I don't know if that's a stretch. And when, you got him a score last week, too. So I mean, he's he's back. He's he back. looks all right. Um, boy, I think Georgia rolls against Tennessee. Favorite. Do you think that's a? Do you think it's a stretch to say he's the best offensive player in the country? I, like I, if you I, if you were to say, okay, I you do. take all of the quarterbacks, and you take everybody at their position, the, the very best players at each of their positions, and then you say, hey, this guy is so good. I think that he may be better as a tight end than any. And, and you guys know how big I am on like Jaden Daniels as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's better as a tight end maybe than Daniels is as a quarterback. I, I don't know. I w- I'm still giving Jaden Daniels probably the leg up. We're like he's just he's the best player regardless of position to me, um, and he's the best at his position where there's a bunch of talented guys in the league. But I do think Brock Bowers. I haven't looked at tight end number numbers. Obviously, I'm not that much of a sicko, um, especially after Luke has and Ty Washington went down. I haven't looked at him lately. He's a he's he's just he's different. He's, he's a, different and see a long. 
pro career ahead of him. And yeah, I mean, it's it's not a slight to say no to that because he's still he's still otherworldly. You just don't see tight ends that are being talked about as potential top ten, top fifteen for draft sure. picks, and I think he's going to be one. I really do. So yeah, I think Georgia beats Tennessee big on the road. Just on ten and, and a half top. point favorite in that game. That's interesting to me. I think they I think they win by a lot more than that. And then finally, Arkansas and FIU, 6.30 kickoff Saturday night. It's going to be on ESPNU. We all think Arkansas is going to win. Ethan, do we think Arkansas is going to win? Are you, you... Yeah, I changed my mind. <laughs> okay, Ethan, Ethan was thinking about picking the upset at one point in time. So here's the question, though. The one point in time was precisely the third quarter. Third quarter, quarter yeah. Arkansas. We basically had like a meeting <laughs> yeah. of the minds. But I've re- reassessed. So it's a 31-point spread. Do you think Arkansas can cover 31? Man. I do think they can. I don't know that they will. If like if you gave me $100 to bet on it, I would bet Arkansas to cover. Mm. Because I think I think the depth Because it's their, not your money. The, <laughs> right. Um, which kind of contradicts what I said earlier. I wouldn't bet it with yeah, somebody else's I money. I know. But if you give me the money, I'll do it. I say that because nobody's given me the money to do it. I think the depth of their talent is is there um, far greater than than what FIU is going to bring in here. I think I think maybe something we haven't discussed much at all is I think Arkansas's defensive line could have a day. Like they're they're FIU's what missing their starting center now because he got popped for a a positive supplement test or or something that was you know against some NCAA rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so they may be throwing a, an underclassman in there against the likes of Cam Ball and Torian Carter, Eric Gregory, and those guys. And I think the, the greatest discrepancy maybe in this whole game is probably on the edges, like you mentioned with Jeff Coat and Landon Jackson. I think those guys can I think those guys can help really handcuff a an already struggling FIU offense. I'm not gonna pick Arkansas to cover. I just can't. Like I've seen enough of them playing at home this season. I've seen them that I don't feel confident in them doing that. I just can't pick them to have a great home performance and cover a spread like that. I mean, the Kent State game, you should have beaten that team way worse. than mm-hmm. What was the spread of that one? In what game? The it Kent was, State. It was, it was very comparable to this one. I think it was yeah. around 30, yeah, 32 so. maybe. And then you play like that. I've, I mean, BYU, looking back on that now, I mean, not a good, not, not a great BYU team that you lost to. The other two games, the most recent Mississippi State and Auburn, just terrible performances. I'm not going to pick them to cover this spread just because they haven't shown me that they can do anything at home. I think one of the things that also gives me some confidence is like if if KJ and the first team offense goes out and you know gets a pretty comfortable lead, you bring Criswell in. Criswell Criswell's not like your run of the mill backup guy. Like he's a he's an above average backup that can that can obviously keep things moving. Well, and those second teamers haven't had a whole lot of chance to play this year, and there's yeah. going to be some motivation to. To show out there, to Ethan's point, Arkansas has not covered the spread at home this year. Not in any game. They were the favorite to beat Auburn. They were the favorite to beat Mississippi State. They were the favorite to beat BYU. And then they failed to cover against Kent State. Just saying. I don't think they covered 31. I, I think that, uh, I'm with Scotty, I think they can. wouldn't surprise me if they do. It's just I wouldn't pick them to cover 31. You're going to get one of the SBP bad, bad beats. On, what's that? You're going to get one of the bad beats <laughs> Good. segments. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, just, I, I don't. I wonder about their mentality in this game because they've got so much going on off the field. And then obviously you've got the the postseason that's out of play. So 
That's my thought. I don't know that Arkansas covers 31 against FIU. I think they win, but I don't know that they cover. All right. We'll be back with another Whole Hog Football podcast next week to look back at the FIU game and look ahead to Arkansas and Missouri. Hope you'll come to our website, wholehogsports.com, for all of our coverage before and after the football game this weekend. Also, a lot of basketball going on. Scotty and Ethan will be at basketball games on Friday night. Ethan's going to Jonesboro to watch Arkansas and Arkansas State women. And then Scotty's got the uh, game against UNC Greensboro on Friday night at Bud Walton Arena. For Ethan, Scotty, I'm Matt. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Whole Hog Football Podcast.